Hi, Rabia. Hey, Ellen. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm, you know, getting back into being in the stateside. I got back from Italy a few days ago. I know. You're such a world traveler. I know. To be Rabia Chaudhry. <laughs> oh, oh, the stories we could tell. Are you excited about today's guest? Ridiculously. I couldn't even believe it when you told me you knew her and that she wanted to be on the show, like our show. Because she loves true crime. She loves true crime. She it must love you too, Ellen, though. She must Robbie, love it you. wasn't my idea. She's been hounding me. Really? Texting me for, <laughs> honestly, it's a little wacky. Yeah. So to Rabia and Ellen solve the case, we would like to welcome the living legend, mm -hmm. icon status, none other than Connie Shulman. <gasps> oh my gosh, thank you. It's true. Everything Ellen said is true. <laughs> With the exception of I have not harassed her. I'm not even sure I want to do this with Ellen at this oh, point. Oh, are you only here for me, Connie? Yes. And that is Wait. true. Because I think you're amazing. What? That is true, Connie, because I was going to save this for later, but I'm going to go ahead and share this now. For those of you who live in space. Connie Shulman has been in every TV show, every movie. Ellen, that is so a lie. <laughs> well, <Desperate>. you have. <laughs> well, I mean, you were the Kraft Mayonnaise lady, and then you were Patty Mayonnaise, no relation on Doug, Yoga <laughs> Jones. You have the most iconic scene in Fried Green Tomatoes. But I guess the part of me that is really happy that you're here is that you peaked when you and I shared a Broadway stage in The Rose Tattoo. So mm. I was mm. just happy to be part of that journey for you in terms of like when you reached your pinnacle and then watched your slow demise after that. Well, that is that is also not true, Ellen. Mm. What is Honey, we only deal with facts on this show. So it's if, if Ellen said it, it has to be it's true. It's gotta be true. It's very disturbing. It really is upsetting. <laughs> Ellen, Ellen has been trying to ride my coattails since mm. our first meeting. You know, I sense that with those Instagram, those Instagram posts, right? Yeah, that's correct, I just wonder, Rabia. Yeah, Ellen, those videos you made of Connie, that was you riding the coattails. I mean, like you were like, I'm, I'm in proximity to Connie Shulman. I need the world to know. That's what was happening well, there, right? what happened yeah. was Connie and I made an iconic web series called Combos with Connie, and mm -hmm. I catapulted her Instagram career. Oh, oh, I see. You actually forced me to go on Instagram. I hadn't even been on it. That is true. I did. I forced her to make one. But I would like to prove that Connie is telling the truth because September 28th of last year, Connie Shulman texted me, you know I'm obsessed with Adnan Syed and have believed in his innocence <laughs> since listening to the podcast. What the hell, Ellen? How are you with Rabia? Oh my God, Connie, that makes me so happy. I had no idea. You never shared that with me before. I was obsessed with that case and you in particular, and it was all voice, you know. So when Ellen was telling me that she knew you, yes, I jumped on. So Ellen is just a step to get to you, Robbie. <laughs> That's all she is. Ellen, thanks for joining us today, Ellen. You can have the rest of, enjoy the rest of your day. You just take your time and uh, get out of here. Connie and I got it from here. I have a whole series of text messages from Connie. I'll read you a couple. <laughs> Ellen, you should have asked my permission for this. Well, first of all, that's her baby picture. Oh <laughs> my God. Well, yeah. That's adorable. That's true. Thank you for that. <laughs> that means a lot. That really does very special. I texted her the other day uh -huh. that the case that she chose, she chose the case of Lori Vallow and Chad yeah. Daybell. And I texted her, this is bananas, Constance. Mm -hmm. And she said, 
Hi, Ellen. I will do my best, Ellen. Am I getting on Zoom with you both or actually going somewhere? I have been doing Pilates, Ellen. <laughs> I love it. Is that all in one paragraph? <laughs> That's correct, Ellen. I've been taking three times a week. Mm. And I'm like, am I going? Where does Ellen even live? I'm like, wait a minute. What did I sign up for? Where do you live, Connie? Well, I'm in the Upper West Side. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's just exciting to be here and to be heard and that we're all on the same volume level. And Robbie, I can look at you. <laughs> Ellen, you could have had Connie in your studio, in your gorgeous studio. I could have, if she would come to Jersey. Mm -hmm. But other than that, Connie, how has your summer been? I know you had bats in your country home. What else has been going on? Tell our lovely audience. That is very true. Well, the exciting thing is about that, we have bat-proofed the house now, and then two more were found. So, mm -hmm. but I am married to somebody who gets them out. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no, we're going to a hotel, which would be my plan. <laughs> Shut the doors, take what we need and go to, you know, when you're by in. No, he stays and like gets the bats out. So yeah, I mean, the summer has been, I've taken a couple of vacations. I've been around, I'm exercising, taking ballet. I'm doing a couple of short nice. films. There's nothing, absolutely <laughs> nothing that a legend would be doing. <laughs> Do you see what Honey, I mean? You are. I don't know exactly what makes you a legend. I think the thing that makes you such a legend is you are part of every generation. Whether they know you as the craft mayonnaise lady or Doug or Yoga Jones, how does that feel? Do you wake up in the morning and just like, do you breathe different air than we do? Mm. There's a lot of pressure, Ellen. Yeah. You know, when I go out, I have to come through. I have to rise to the bar that's expected of me. You, you know, can't go out in sweats, can you? No, me? no, no. Except to Pilates three times a week, like mm. I just said. Mm. You know, Ellen, I, I could squeeze this in today. That is sort of what my, <laughs> I did have time to do this, which says a lot about my legend status at the moment. Well, we love you, and I love that you're here. We play a game here called Three Quick Things. Oh, no. Where Rabia asks you a question, and I ask you a question, and then we ask all of our guests the same question. So, Rabia, do you want to go first? Yeah. Oh, dear. But let me first ask you this, Connie. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard our show before? I have listened to parts of your show, but I must not have heard it enough because I didn't know about this This question. part, yeah, okay, because I figured... <laughs> I figured. Just so, just so our listeners know that we don't give our, our guests a heads up. They have no idea what's coming mm -hmm. at them. We don't tell them. This. Okay, no, I have an easy question, I think, but one that I'm deeply curious, I'm actually really curious about because mm -hmm. I read that you went to school for theater, like you graduated with your undergraduate, like in, a degree in theater, right? Mm -hmm. So you must have known very early on that you wanted to act. What is your earliest memory in which you're like, yeah, this is what I want to do, that I want to be an actor? All right. Well, I guess when I wasn't good at anything else, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I became a lawyer, yeah. That would be the answer. It wasn't going to theater school because I wasn't good at that at all. I didn't care about the voice, the speech. I was good in acting scenes, but the rest of the stuff, the movement, the vocal work, no, I was a failure. Yeah, I wasn't very good at school because I was daydreaming. I changed mm. the grades on my report cards. Oh, wow. And that was creativity. You see what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And a lot of daydreaming. And I'm a, the middle kid of a very large family. So, mm. and I was the one that wasn't very good at things. Yeah, that's how it went. I was like, I've got to be somebody else because I'm oh, not, no. I'm not doing it. <laughs> 
that pathway I understand. You're like, I want to live my life playing other people. Yeah, because I wasn't, I wasn't a success story. So it was kind of cumulative. It wasn't like one moment where you're like, I can perform. I light up on stage. No, and I don't know whether I do light up on stage. And it's also a lot of fun when you get mm, to do it. Mm, yeah. Mm. A lot of laughs. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know whether it's still, you know, you go, okay, is this what you want to do? It's what I want to do right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. You still don't know what you want to be when you grow up type of thing. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. Okay, what's the other question? Is it harder than that? <laughs> My question is really simple. When did you know that I was going to change your life? Oh, man. No, that's not my question. No. Well, that's a very good question. Just a quick history. We did a Tennessee Williams play called The Rose Tattoo with Marissa Tomei. I love that play. It's a brilliant play. Oddly, one of his weirder plays and the one that he won the Tony for. He didn't win for Streetcar, Glass Menagerie. Mm -hmm. He won for Rose Tattoo. So sharing the stage with Connie was a highlight. So our banter is just banter. I adore her and everything Mm. she does. I actually do have a real question. Okay. Connie has two gorgeous children who are both in show business forging their own path. It is really fun watching you talk about your kids. You are such a doting mom and you will literally drop anything to take a call. You'll be late to brunch with me. That's very sweet. Yes. Being a mom is just so weird and we're all just guessing. If one day the kids have kids, how are you going to approach being a Mima? How are you going to approach being a grandma from the lessons you've learned being such an incredible mom? Well, I mean, number one, no one's calling me Mima ever. <laughs> oh, no. You're from Tennessee, though. What would they call me? Hopefully my name, Ellen. I'm not Nana, not Granny, not Mima, Mima, none of those. Oh, my gosh. I hope that I'm going to be the kind of grandmother that I was a mother because I actually think I'm really good at that. Like, I don't think I'd change anything. I mean, maybe I would be a little less stressed and worried. And hopefully just by getting older, we all sort of calm down and like, okay, you know what? We've gone down this road before. It's not as scary as you think. Hopefully spoil the crap out of them and, you know, give them a lot of candy. And uh, (laughs) I mean, that's really the key to everything. That is. That is. Yeah. Candy, let them watch a lot of TV. You know, pump them full of sugar and then send them back to their parents. I will just completely love them and eat them up. So yeah, you're gonna be amazing if they if they choose to have kids. That's right. Nobody, there are none of those yet. I wish I had tons of kids. I just started a little later. Yeah, I want to be a grandma. Oh, so our final question that we ask everyone: Why are you Uh so invested and intrigued by true crime? What's your connection? I mean, it really has become bedtime stories for us here at my home. I mean, Dateline is what we fall asleep to. Perhaps it only here. I have an, a country house upstate. True crime never goes into that house ever. But in the city, I think there's probably that feeling of, thank God that's not my life. Mm. And so maybe watching it, you go to sleep and you're like, well, and it's not true. That could be anybody's life. That's the whole point. But for a moment, it's going down a very dark rabbit hole with somebody else's story and it's not your own. Are you drawn into like mysteries? Do you like like trying to figure out the whodunit part of stuff? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I also think it's fun kind of when you do know, you know, you watch it play out, you watch it unravel. I think it's thrilling. I think it's thrilling to watch, watch. 
watch something dark and mysterious. We're going to give the crash course on Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell, where we just spit out all the information. That way, everybody who is not familiar with the case at home can be on the same page as us. And then we're going to hop right into this convo because there is so much to talk about. Here is our crash course. Did you ever watch the TV show Boardwalk Empire? It was a show all about Atlantic City during the Prohibition times in the 20s and 30s. It was a world of gangsters and mobsters and a mythical place where Steve Buscemi could somehow get a really gorgeous woman. Did anyone watch that show? Well, I watched that show religiously. And though it was chock full of some of the most impeccable actors like Michael Shannon, Gretchen Mole, and the massive loss to the entertainment industry, Michael Kenneth Williams, to this day, I couldn't explain the show without the aid of flowcharts and graphs. I was consistently confused as to the characters and their nickname and who was friends with who and how everyone was somehow connected. I was essentially just really confused 90% of the time, but I kind of just went with it. That's sort of how one feels diving into this layered and fictional sounding case of Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. Ordinarily, of course, we would only focus on the victims, but there are just so many victims in this case. There are as many victims as there are what the fuck moments. So if you need to make a chart, we totally understand. But here is a truly small fraction of the unbelievably gruesome story of two monsters, Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. The tragic, almost biblical story begins with Lori Vallow, a woman who grew up seemingly normal. She was popular and friendly and a cheerleader. She was raised in the LDS church and got married at 19 and then had a series of failed marriages one after the other. At 23, she had her first child, Colby, with her second husband. Then her second child was born to her third husband. That child was named Ty Lee. Then in 2006, she met her fourth husband, Charles Vallow and together they adopted Joshua J.J. Vallow. Charles was J.J.'s paternal great-uncle and adopted him when J.J.'s biological parents were suffering from substance abuse disorder and were no longer able to care for him. J.J. was born addicted to drugs and was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. We are just two minutes in, but are you lost yet? Well, things took a dark turn in 2018 when Lori attended a religious conference called Preparing People basically a conference for doomsday preppers. It was there that she met Chad Daybell. Despite both of them being married to other people, the pair carried on a long distance romance and discussed their shared beliefs and ultimately revealed that they had been married in a past life and were meant to be together. Oh yeah, the old married in a past lifeline. Chad lived in Rexburg, Idaho, and produced religious content that focused on the impending apocalypse. His religious beliefs were dubbed extreme, as he thought he could talk to dead people, identify people who are dark and have since turned into zombies, as well as see the future. Sounds like a great party guest. Then a series of mysterious deaths and disappearances unfolded. In January of 2019, Lori called Charles to tell him she was a god and sent to carry out the work of Christ's second coming. If he got in the way of that mission, she would kill him. And Charles was like, okay, I guess we should get a divorce. I mean, what do you say to someone who's calling themselves a god and threatening your life? It was also during this time that Lori made three bank transfers totaling $35,000. Lori transferred the money from the Ballows business account into their joint account before moving it again into an unknown account. A few weeks later, Charles went on a business trip to Texas and Lori said in a phone call, she would definitely kill him as soon as he returned from his trip. She told him she had an angel waiting to help 
dispose of his body. Once he returned from his trip on January 31, 2019, Arizona police body cam footage showed Charles pleading for Lori to receive mental health help at Community Bridges. Long story. Yes. You think she's what? Marriage Corona, top of the Angel. 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 Officers determined she had a normal state of mind and she was medically cleared. In July 2019, Charles Vallow, Lori's husband at the time, was shot and killed by Lori's brother, Alex Cox, who claimed self-defense. Then, before you could say, zombies say what? On October 2019, Chad called 911 and said that his wife, Tammy, died in her sleep in their home. Detectives visited the home and investigators originally ruled the death as natural because, well, that's what Chad said happened. And also because he refused an autopsy. And also because they are church people, so why would he lie? Two weeks later, Chad and Lori got married in Hawaii. These events set the stage for the most horrific and heart-wrenching of all the crimes, the disappearance of their children, Tylee and JJ. It seemed that, allegedly, Lori and Chad, along with her brother, Alex, conspired to murder the kids, allegedly. As part of their cult beliefs, they, allegedly, believed in a rating system of light and dark. That's how they ranked the spirits of all the people around them. Over time, this evolved into an obsessive belief that some people were zombies, and the only way to get rid of zombies was for the human body to be destroyed. Before Tylee and JJ were last seen alive, Lori told friends, including key witness Melanie Gibb, that her two children had become zombies and dark spirits. On November 26, 2019, the Rexburg Police Department conducted a welfare check for JJ at the request of his grandparents, Larry and Kay Woodcock. They had not spoken with the boy in months. And when pressed, Lori told the police her son was with a friend, Melanie Gibb in Arizona. It goes without saying that JJ was not with Melanie. According to reports, Tylee was last seen on a trip to Yellowstone National Park with Lori's brother, Alex Cox, meaning her uncle in late September of 2019. Witnesses last saw JJ, on the other hand, at his elementary school, shortly before his mother withdrew him from all his classes in lieu of homeschooling. Concerns grew after many hadn't seen or heard from them and Lori refused to reveal their whereabouts, continuing to claim they were fine and staying with friends in Arizona. Not long after the children disappeared in December 2019, Alec, who was only 51 years old, himself died of mysterious circumstances. According to his autopsy, a blood clot in his lung arteries was the cause of death, but the drug Narcan was also found in his system. For those not familiar, Narcan is a drug used to reverse opioid overdoses, which begs the question of why it was in his system. Also, not weird at all, he had told his wife a few weeks earlier that he felt like his death was near, and on the day he died, he called Chad to get a blessing over the phone. In the same month, investigators exhumed Tammy's body. If you're having trouble keeping track, remember Tammy was Chad's 49-year-old wife who died suddenly in her sleep, and well, they discovered that she had not, in fact, died a natural death. Rather, Tammy had been strangled. How this got past investigators initially, well, I just don't even have the words. 
In June 2020, the truth about the children began to emerge when the remains of Ty Lee and JJ were discovered buried on Chad Daybell's property. Autopsies revealed that Ty Lee had been burned, mutilated, and dismembered, while JJ had been asphyxiated with multiple layers of plastic bags and duct tape. The horrific nature of their deaths sent shockwaves through the community and fueled the ongoing investigation into Lori and Chad. As details of the case emerged, it became apparent that Lori and Chad's actions were allegedly motivated by their extreme religious beliefs. These beliefs, intertwined with their desire for a new life together, led to them cutting several other people's lives short, and maybe more that we don't even know about. Lori Vallow Daybell's trial had initially stalled due to questions of her mental competence, and she had already spent a year in a mental health facility before a court ruled that she was competent to stand trial in May of 2020. The trial began nearly two years later on April 10th, 2023, with more than 50 witnesses testifying. The prosecution presented piles of evidence linking Lori and Chad to the deaths of Tylee, JJ, Charles, and Tammy. From hundreds of texts to witness accounts, to Lori's hair being found on the duct tape that was on Sweet Little JJ. All of that information on May 12th, Lori was found guilty of first-degree murder and conspiracy charges in the deaths of her children. She was also convicted of grand theft for taking the children's social security checks after their death. On July 31st, 2023, Lori was finally sentenced to serve multiple consecutive life terms in prison without the possibility of parole. During the sentencing hearing, victim impact statements were read, highlighting the devastating losses suffered by the family of Tylee, JJ, and Tammy. None was so powerful as little JJ's grandmother, Kay Woodcock. The judge emphasized the heinous nature of the crimes and the lack of remorse clearly exhibited by Lori throughout the trial. Then Lori launched into an eight-minute monologue, you think my monologues are rambly, about her children being busy in the afterlife, not once ever apologizing or recognizing her hand in these brutal acts. While Lori Vallow Daybell has been convicted, her husband Chad Daybell still awaits trial. Chad also faces multiple charges, including murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and grand theft. His trial is scheduled for April 1st, 2024, and the prosecution will seek the maximum punishment for his alleged involvement in the murders. It seems rather mundane to say that the case of Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell shocked the nation. It made everyone who has children think, how could they? It raises questions about the influence of extreme religious beliefs and the lengths people go to in pursuit of their warped ideologies. So. Were they unwell and delusional? Or were they sick and twisted and looking for an excuse for their heinous crimes? Let's talk about it. Uh, I hate these people so much. It's one of those things, like, I remember watching some coverage of Lori after Charles had been murdered, and she went and took her kids to a fast food place, I don't know, like Burger King or something, and got them food and then came back. I guess the police were there, detective, and asking her a couple of questions, and she was casually laughing and smiling about, oh, what the, the neighbors think and all this. It was unbelievable, her demeanor. I think seeing that, that I was like, oh my gosh, who is this woman? And you know, you go, what, why would you be drawn to a case like this? She's gorgeous. She's been married five times. 
She has two kids. She adopted one of these kids that had special needs, family that supports her, a mother with big eyelashes. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know about the family that supports her, for real? Not financially supports her, but seemingly a family that, at least her brother or her mother, that that loves her and understood her on the same page. And at the beginning, with some, you know, her religious beliefs, you're like, okay, and everybody said what a great mom she was. So you're like, okay, who is this woman? She was in a beauty pageant. You know, you're watching. It's like, what in the world happened to her? Mm. And you are immediately drawn in. And then all of a sudden it goes so south. It's unbelievable. What you said was about everyone saying she was an amazing mom. Every single person kept saying mother of the year, so wonderful, so devoted to her kids. I guess whenever I'm watching this, I don't know if you guys felt it, but I found myself wondering who's steering the ship. Mm. Did she groom and manipulate Chad and her brother Alex? Obviously in different manipulations, she groomed and manipulated Chad through emotional and sexual control. Why do you think that she manipulated Chad through sexual control? How do we know that? No, I'm asking. Okay. Who was steering the ship? Was this her mm. calling the shots and seeing this opportunity to use this religious? Because religion can be used to exercise rights. You have the right to put your thoughts and beliefs into action however you want. You have the right to stand outside and picket an abortion clinic if you want to. I mean, it makes you creepy and weird as fuck in my book, but you do have the right. But you don't have the religious right to take away people's lives. So I'm just wondering if this is all an act or do you think she really believed this nonsense? What do you think, Connie? And what do you think about the power dynamic, which was the initial question kind of Ellen raised? Right. Who who was sort of leading the charge here? At first I would say, okay, it was just combustible love between the two of them. And that sort of became a, you know, a chemical reaction. And then it was sort of this joint, this fusion of mad love with religion and all of this stuff together. But you look back on Lori, she was, she was married five times, correct? Mm, Yeah. I think that's bizarre in itself that you're married that many times. And one of them (laughs) died and that the rest of them are divorced. Well, two of them, two of them are dead. One she's responsible for and the other one we don't know. I don't know if you're married that many times. I think there's something maybe about her that she was searching for or some power that she had over men. I mean, Chad doesn't seem like he seems a little like I can't believe he led the charge here. My perspective is completely different on this. Mm -hmm. I think Chad is the one who had all the power here for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think you're right. I think Lori definitely had some serious issues. We don't, it's not like we've heard from her two husbands dead and, you know, like the ones that might still be alive, the exes from them to hear what their experience with her Mm -hmm. was like. But I'm guessing we would hear things about erratic behavior and that there were some mental health issues. To me, it was like this perfect kind of like storm that happened. And this guy, Chad, he was already publishing literature about end time stuff. That idea that the end times are here and zombie, all those ideas came from him. She learned from him and her brother on the day that he died called that guy to get a blessing. Like to me, that guy was like acting like he was some kind of prophet. Although I got to say, when a person says I am a God now, you know, that's a cry for help. <laughs> okay. But he was married to Tammy for 30, 30 years. years. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
30 years. They have five kids. I don't think if Lori had come in the picture, she wouldn't be dead. I'm sorry. I, I haven't read any of his literature, his books, but I can believe that this beautiful woman came into his life. Maybe some of that stuff was already there and sort of got it going. It's a two to tango. Look, look you know, Tammy's that like, uh, to me, Tammy's like that first wife who's just like, you are not a prophet or a god, Chad. Get the fuck off your high horse. She didn't buy into that shit. And then he runs into this gorgeous woman who's eating it up and spewing yeah. it back to him and believing it and like worshiping him and suddenly thinks he's certainly that could feed into his ego and be like, I got to get rid of the first one who's like 30 years in and I still can't get her on board. I mean, I don't think Lori came in there and like broke up this happy home type situation. And the fact that Tammy was strangled, I mean, I don't think there's any, they, they weren't even in the same town. So that's definitely something the authorities believe Chad was solely responsible for, at least physically, right? Like the charge is that he's the one who strangled Tammy. Well, look, Chad was no looker i'm sorry for real and he's got this beautiful woman that is t- totally <laughs> into him mm-hmm. great hair probably She's got, hair. got his ego going he can do no wrong he is all-knowing all-powerful but i don't think if Lori hadn't come into it mm. you think he would have murdered his wife she's the one that already had two well charles hadn't died yet until chad came into it but somebody else had died on her watch. I don't know. I don't trust her. The father of Tylee, the second Joseph husband. Anthony Ryan, mm-hmm. who legally adopted Colby, I think yeah. we're at husband number three at some point. Mm. He died April 3rd, 2018, and he officially died of a heart attack. Now, that was right after moving to Arizona to be closer to Tylee. His right. body was discovered during a welfare check. But they weren't married anymore, right, at the time? No, they weren't. But he also died. He's part of Mm. the people that died on this watch and they just chalked it up to a heart attack or whatever. And on that same note, Robbie, if you could speak to this, how on earth does someone call and say, my wife died in her sleep and they say, great, can we do an autopsy? And he's like, "Mm, actually, no. And they're like, okay, cool, whatever. What kind of fuck up is that? (laughs) I can't speak to it. And I was like completely gobs. How does this happen? She's 49 years old, doesn't have any apparent health issues. There's no discernible cause of death. He's like, she just kind of died in her sleep. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? If somebody's been strangled, there's usually some sign. There, I mean, there's some obvious signs, right? Like, I just don't know if, like, the folks on the scene, like... Where were her five grown kids? They had right. five grown kids. Probably distraught somewhere. I'm not ever able to think that maybe our dad killed our mom while she's sleeping. But when dad remarried two weeks later, they might have been like, uh, hold on a second. No, that's what I mean. Would you yeah. not have come forward? The whole thing is bizarre. It was like everybody was like on poppies or something. Like her friends. On poppies. (laughs) No, it's they were completely under a spell. It feels like sometimes when you watch these people talking about it. Also, something you said about Tammy being healthy. She was training for a marathon. That's right. Running, running all the time. Mm. She was impeccable health. And then, I mean, I guess honor thy father, honor thy mother. You don't ask questions. Your dad says that she died in her sleep. She died in her sleep. My dad remarried two weeks later I would not be honoring anybody but also I'll say this we might not actually know we, maybe they did raise some you know alarms right. maybe some family and yeah. friends did but it's just not being reported because all the research that I did I mean and I hate this kind of reporting where it's like 
like the same story over. It's like the exact same story published by every outlet. So that's what I kept seeing. I didn't really see any kind of like original reporting or interviews with the family or anything like that. I don't know if it's because like there's kind of an ongoing case still, you know, one of the one of the cases right. is open still. It could be that they did. And maybe that's what led to her being exhumed eventually. Because I wasn't quite sure what led to her being exhumed. Was it, or was it the kids missing that led her to her being yeah, exhumed? I, yeah. When everything started to flag, they started to look back and be like, oh, right. Do you guys hear that interview where Charles is talking to the police saying, She's doing all these things. She's lost it. I don't know. I don't know if this is how it came across to you guys, but in my mind, the cops were like, okay, yeah, are yeah. you mad at your wife? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, because what he was saying sounded insane. Right. He's like, she's calling me Jack somebody or some other name. She's been, what was it, translated or she can't be translated was some term he was using, you know, that they couldn't approach her. And it was so insane that I was thinking, okay, now if I was a police officer listening to this, I would think this man was crazy because it was crazy stuff he was saying. Yeah, it was. Like he went to go fly to Texas and she stole his truck yeah. and canceled his tickets. It was just nobody listened and believed him. And you're right, it did. It sounded crazy. Well, did they follow up? on her did they, yeah, they said do an evaluation totally of her they That's gave her right. a clean bill of health yes and said everything was okay so i also want to know what you guys think of alex Lori's brother now again this mm. is what i was talking about about the charts there are so many people and yeah. how they're interwoven i feel like we need to post some kind of a chart and how they're all connected but alex cox Lori's brother he's no longer with us i think he is very culpable in a lot of this stuff she had him wrapped around her finger. This is yeah. why I blame everything on her. I think <laughs> she had men wrapped around her finger. She got him to do anything she wanted him to do. But he became a devotee of Chad, which is why I think Chad mm -hmm. is the one who had power over everybody. Yeah, you're right. He's not with us anymore, but it doesn't mean that he no, is. He and, and his cell phone pinged in Chad's like front yard where they found the bodies, like around both of the times that both kids disappeared, so early September and late September. September of that year, 2019, police found that evidence. If he was alive, he would definitely be being charged as a co-conspirator or, you know what I mean, like an accessory or whatever. I don't know if they would charge him with. Tylee disappeared after he took her to Yellowstone. Like nobody saw her again, right? Like, so he was like the last known adult she was with. What do you guys think about the way that he died? He had that drug in his system that's used to basically save you from an opioid overdose. I can't even say the word right. opioid overdose. So that drug is used. So that's in his system, which suggests to me that maybe he was about to overdose on an opiate which suggests to me he was an addict and vulnerable right Does vulnerable that mean that somebody tried to revive him by having the narcan in there maybe his wife you but know but isn't that what happens somebody brings you back after an overdose with that so if he had that in his system mm -hmm. or unless somebody poisoned him with it that's right i would want to see the correlations between the way that joseph ryan Lori's ex-husband died of a mysterious heart attack mm. versus how alex cox died but they actually found a blood clot. They found a blood clot in his lung arteries, according to the news reports. Maybe the Narcan something right. that was given to him caused that. Yeah, he had to go. He got dark. He did. It's, but <laughs> he did there is just no way to make sense of all of this because Alex Cox also threatened Joseph.
Joseph Ryan. He threatened him. Mm. He used a stun gun on him in 2007 and threatened to kill him. Holy crap. And then he wound up dead. Also, it should be said that Joseph Ryan was accused of sexually assaulting both Tylee and Colby. Oh, I didn't. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's a rabbit hole. (laughs) It's everything is connected and you just keep going. It's like you're cleaning your apartment and it's like you can't stop. It just doesn't stop here. So people speculate whether or not Lori brainwashed the kids to make them think that they were sexually abused. Or lie. Six degrees of separation from Lori Vallow. She is the center of this. I really believe it. I do. Can I ask you, Connie, do you think she was deliberately manipulative, cognizant of what she's doing, or do you think she suffered from mental health illness, mental illness? It's hard not to think somebody has mental illness when they're doing that. Mm -hmm. But no, I don't. You don't think think so? You think she's just pure evil? She seems insane, of course. So it's like we're all going to sit here and say you're mentally ill. So I don't know what the definition of being mentally ill is. I think she's incredibly manipulative and I think she used her charm. She seemed very charming, right? Mm -hmm. She's funny. She's charming. She's beautiful. She's loving. And I just think she completely controlled her brother. And it sounds like what this thing with Tylee's father, this was before Chad came into the picture, was Mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. So stuff was already happening way before Chad was in this movie. It's interesting because she didn't take the stand and say, listen, this is what the zombies told me to do. This is Mm. what you do to zombies and just put all of her beliefs out there. So I think a lot of people are wondering, do you think she believed it or do you think she's like, you know what? I'm going to blame these things on zombies. That seems like a great idea. I think she thought she believed it. I I think she she didn't take the stand for the same reason I brought up that most defendants don't take the stand because their lawyers won't let them, right? Like, but I'll say this. In this trial, the trial lasts like a month. Her attorney didn't present a single defense witness. No way to defend her. Not a single defense witness. I mean, that's kind of remarkable, right? But they also didn't put her up there to be flayed because she was going to get up there and be like, yep, I did this because they were zombies and they had to go. And I freed them. And now that the court has already found her mentally competent, I'm guessing that was not even a question posed to the jury. So the jury couldn't listen to her and say, she crazy. We're not going to find her guilty. They wouldn't even have that choice. They can only answer the questions that are specifically posed to them as a jury, right? They have to find on certain questions. So that's why I'm guessing her lawyer didn't put her on the stand. You know, we've talked about cults before on this show, and this is a question, Connie, for you. When we were talking about Waco, right, we're talking about like the Branch Davidians and we're talking about, well, okay, you know, but you know, you have uh, the First Amendment here and we have the right, we have the religious freedom to believe kind of crazy things if we want to and to believe the world is coming to an end and believe somebody's a prophet if we want to, whatever. But when it comes to like doomsday cults i feel like it's a self-selecting group of people aren't the only people going to be drawn to that already people who like they can't quite be all right in the head i guess is where i'm trying to get at doesn't it prove to you that like something was like off with her that she even believed any of this or she was drawn to this she's ready to get rid of her entire family for this guy that she believes she's gonna follow him into like the afterlife or whatever well that's what i mean what do we say is mentally ill that seems somebody that's got mental issues but that's also 
what she believes or she's saying she believes. I mean, we'll never know. She's the only one who knows whether she knows it or she's like, and for my next number, I'm going to blame it on zombies, you know? She definitely came across, like, especially when she gave her statement, that monologue, right? And also just the way she's reacted throughout this. I'm not throwing this word around. I, I know we don't like to throw around these kinds of diagnoses, but she did seem like somebody that you could say, I think she's a sociopath because she's not exhibiting normal human emotion. I didn't want to say normal human emotion or even you know, anything within the range of what's expected human emotion in any of these situations. She's so off the charts. After Charles was killed, uh, that's what I mean. She drove her JJ and Tylee to like Burger King to get him lunch and then comes back and is laughing with the policeman about it. It's like she was there when her husband was killed. So it's like, oh my gosh, do you have no conscience at all? But she had to have. Did she have to? She, she loved her kids. Everybody said yeah. she loves her kids. Yeah. We see her pushing him on a bike. How many times have they shown that? <laughs> but- well, also, didn't she have, you know, her niece, didn't she have, like, Alex, didn't he shoot the window of her niece's husband? His last name was Boudreaux. I can't remember what his first name is. And there was insurance, life insurance money to collect from that situation also. Oh, my gosh. It's, like, so tangled because it looks to me money incentive completely to, I guess, to for her and Chad to save the 144,000 people that were going to Mm -hmm. survive when Christ came back, correct? There was, like, that many people maybe to put into the business of saving those souls. I don't know, but it was, this wasn't just about zombies. I, I can't even believe we're saying the word zombie, and she was saying it straight fate. What is that? I do think maybe that financial, maybe that what she was, the money she was collecting, whether it's the social security checks or the insurance, I'm guessing that factored into the mental competence ruling that now she knew what she was doing totally. But the zombie stuff was stuff that Chad was preaching, even like apparently before he even met her. I mean, he went to that conference, which I don't know. I have a morbid curiosity. I kind of want to go to one of these conferences. But anyway, he went to that. (laughs) I'm there. I am with you. I'm reading his books. Nobody will notice us at all, Connie. We'll just blend right in. No, what I was saying is, I mean, he was already, he went to that conference to present like on these ideas, right? He'd already been believing them. And you know what I'm also shocked at is how stupid criminals are. We see this over and over again. It's like, you guys had no chill. You couldn't wait more than two weeks after Tammy died. Like you couldn't just be like, chill for a minute. Give it like maybe six months or a year. Like, you know what I mean? But dumb, dumb, dumb criminals. No sense. I wonder if it's because they were like, we got to get married because we really want to have sex and we don't believe in premarital sex. I don't know if that was part I, of their I don't know, but I mean, or not, but maybe that's why they were rushing to get married. Real horny. You don't, you don't think they had sex before they got married? Oh, I'm sure that was going on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, what's the rush? Or the rush could be, we got to get married so we don't have to testify against each other when we get caught, which is going to be really soon. We're killing a lot of people here. We're circling back to kind of odd decisions by the police department. They kept asking and being like, hey, where are your kids? And they right. were like, they released a statement saying that their lack of cooperation was astonishing. And then on January 25th, 2019, the Kauai Police Department serves Lori with a notice 
that was like, listen, you guys are acting weird. We need mm. your kids in five days. The fuck? That was in January? They had already been missing for months and you're giving her a five-day grace period? What happened to banging down her fucking door and saying, where are your minor children that you are right. in charge of? You must take care of. Where the fuck are they? Five days? No, none of it makes any sense. Weren't the grandma, I mean, the grandparents trying to find them also? They wouldn't have even done a welfare check if the grandparents hadn't insisted. The down bitches of the episode are Larry and Kay Woodcock. Everybody else was just kind of like, hey, anyone seeing JJ and Tylee? And the grandparents were like, no, go bang on their fucking door because I have not seen my grandson. Yeah. Oh, so what did what was was Melanie the one that she said they're staying with Melanie in Arizona? That's where they are. Yeah. So like, why did Melanie? She told you, Melanie, that she lied and said that they were staying with you. Well, did you guys listen to that phone conversation? Melanie is also a down bitch because she recorded that conversation and she's like, "Hey, yeah. Lori, um, happy to see you at church the other day. Thanks for that peach cobbler recipe, girl. Also, why did you tell the cops your kids are with me? Because they're not. Hmm. Why is everybody pussyfooting around these two nut jobs instead of being like yo Lori my kids aren't with me you lied and then Lori was like well I'm sorry that your loyalties aren't with me Melanie have you read the scripture lately and then she does this whole bible gaslighting routine to her I know they're all under a spell that's what I mean they're all acting so bizarre especially with the kids like they have no will no sense no fire I can't remember Remember if I'm creating a false memory or if I'm actually remembering a real thing because I feel like when her kids disappeared and the and and police were looking for, I feel like did that happen also kind of publicly was that stuff being reported in real time because I feel like I remember but the, I remember the police like the, you know the authorities saying we're looking she won't give us a response and me thinking what do you mean she won't give you a response like, that's when you arrest them and be like, where's your kids at, right? And charge them with like something negligence. I don't know. What do you charge somebody for disappearing the kids? But but I'm like, am I making that memory up? Or was that did that actually happen? And it was being reported nationally in real time? Well, let me give you the timeline a little bit. So in 2019, in February and March, Lori just up and disappears for 58 days. She's just like, peace out. I'm going to go chill in Hawaii. She leaves the kids with other people. And it was around that time that Lori's niece, so there's two Melanies. There's Melanie Gibbs, who was a friend, and Melanie Bordeaux, who was Lori's niece. And then she had a husband, Brandon Bordeaux. They get divorced. And then Lori and Melanie get super close. And then Charles dies. Then they move to Idaho. So this is just for like timeline. And then the picture, that last picture in Yellowstone Park, was in September. Now, rewinding, they weren't demanding the kids in Hawaii until January. Mm -hmm. They're like, you got five days to turn your kids in. She told the school they were homeschooling. So she kind of like covers her bases a little bit. And this is the time that she purchases that weird cheapo ring on Amazon. And this was also the time that Colby was noticing that Tylee that was wasn't eldest. answering him. Yeah, yeah, the bigger brother. When she was answering him, it didn't sound like her. You know how people have like a certain way they text? Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. when Connie texts me, she leaves her text. And at the end of the text, she wrote, it's Connie, Ellen. <laughs> Every time. Love, so- comma, Connie. <laughs> <laughs> 
signature. It's signature. That's right. That's right. Right. So they were saying, so all these people were just kind of raising red flags. And it wasn't until November 26, 2019, that Larry and Kay said, I haven't spoken to my grandson in months. But also maybe people were scared of Lori. Mm, Interesting. That's what I'm thinking too. Maybe they were scared to cross her because even the tone of Melanie Gibb, could you imagine, Rabia, if you were to make me complicit in a crime of yours, I'd be like, bitch, get on the phone now. And she's like, hey, Lor. I know not to call you to show up with a baseball bat, Ellen, now. Because you know I will. (laughs) And then you'll call the police. Hello, 911. I'd like to report. I'm turning me and Rabia in. (laughs) Turning. We're going down. If we go down, we go down together. Yeah. But that's why the layering of this story, it goes, it's biblical. It feels like I'm reading a story from the Bible. And maybe that's what they wanted. Yeah. You know, um, what did you guys think of the fact that the judge for for um for Lori sentencing took the death penalty off the table? Did they they took the death penalty off the table because of she wasn't mentally competent? Because in a lot of states, if people aren't mentally competent, they are not fit. I don't know if that's the reason why, because they she was mentally competent to stand trial. I thought it was because because they could not prove that she herself is the one who actually murdered the children. Mm. But you don't always have right, to I that's mean like what I thought too. I think that's what it was, but 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 Chad, I think, is going to face the death. I mean, I think they're going to seek the death penalty in his case. Because of Tammy? Well, maybe Tammy. And I mean, like, I think with, God, JJ, I wonder who did that to JJ. I don't know. I feel like it might have been Chad who did that to JJ. Oh, I don't think that Lori dirtied her hands. Yeah, I don't anybody. think so I think this was all Alex yeah. and Chad. I totally yeah. do. I think she had, she deputized them to get rid of the kids. Yeah, that's also why I think she was running the show. Yeah, all of those text messages are, and all of the recorded conversations are so wild. But the autopsy of JJ is very different to Ty Lee. And yeah. the most upsetting thing about JJ's autopsy was he had several scratches around his neck. He was trying to get out. He suffered. Yeah. He was seven years old. A seven-year-old special needs boy. There's no way to know exactly. I don't think they know how Tammy was killed. Excuse me. I don't think they know how Ty Lee was killed because of the way her body was disposed, which is horrific. But her remains were just, I mean, they were burned. They were dismembered. It's like you don't even yeah. treat an animal like it that. It took you them know? over a week to properly autopsy her because she was beyond even medical professionals. It was yeah. that challenging to give her a proper autopsy. Well, this is when you would think the only way that you can look at her her, I mean, as not a, a complete monster is if she really did believe they had turned into zombies and they weren't her children anymore. I mean, there's no, like, you can't get your head around any of it, but it's like to give the go ahead to to do something to these children who you have raised and you have loved, you must honestly believe those aren't your children anymore, that they have been taken over. I do think given, you know, what she said in court about them being like busy in heaven and happy, mm-hmm. I I think she really does believe that she saved her children in some way. And you know, this is not the first. This is not the first time that I've heard of a, uh, a case in which a mother. It's always, I guess, maybe we're so used to, uh, sadly, hearing stories of fathers killing their kids, which is not as uncommon. But when it's a mother, it's like, as mothers, it's like, how? But it's not the first time I've, I've heard of a case in which a mother thinks she's like saving her children somehow. That monologue, my face got hot listening yeah. to that monologue. Mm. It was so infuriating. Did you listen to it, Connie? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's either she is a sociopath and she has 
is the most manipulative person around or she is mentally ill and believes these things. Like, where's the in-between? There's no other way of looking at it. It's unfathomable. You can't even get your head wrapped. I mean, talking with you- I think day- she was brainwashed. Yeah, I think she I think she already had mental health issues. I think she was probably brainwashed. Some of the things like, you know, when, when people have delusions, like they think they're God or things like that. I mean, like, that's the kind of stuff I think psychiatrists look for when they're trying to diagnose things like, you know, schizophrenia and, and other serious conditions like that. But- I don't think it precludes, I think you can be all have all those things and yeah. still be manipulative and cunning <laughs> and maybe even evil. Something you said, Rabia, is really interesting because a lot of times people will just say the Lori Vallow case and people won't even mention Chad's name because I think that idea of a mother hurting her children is so foreign that it, it happens. Of course it happens. Of course women mm-hmm. commit crimes. Of course women murder. Of course women do heinous acts. But I think we are so conditioned to believe that a man is capable of that, that a woman doing that, because right, most of the headlines either say Lori's name first or don't even mention Chad. Or even when people are talking about it, they'll say the Lori Vallow case. I mean, Connie, even when you and I were texting about it, myself included, we were just saying the Lori Vallow case. That's right. And so whether or not who was driving the ship and who was brainwashing who or whose idea it was, we know for a fact they were in it together. Even if they made Alex do their bidding or they made other people do it, they knew exactly what they were doing. But isn't it interesting that we mostly only say her name? She's the mother here. Those were her two children. This is why I'm pointing the finger at her. I'm sorry. It's, it's, you know, it's, you know how you, they say, you know, if if a child dies before a parent, it's so deeply unnatural. It's so deep. for any reason, if that child does, it that's how unnatural it feels for a mother to kill. Like even in wildlife, you you see, you isn't it like like lions will eat like male yeah. lions will like you know what will eat their young and male like there are in the animal kingdom like the fathers will eat the young in some cases, but then you have mama bears who will you know what I mean and and I've never heard of a, a well let me well, think mother have birds, I ever heard of a mother birds push if there's a bird that's not right gonna make it they push them. Out of the nest, I think. Out of the nest, yeah. yeah. I I have heard that. But it just, it's, I think it's so deeply um, against human nature, what we believe, what's natural, what, it's, it's so scary. It's so much scarier. It I is. don't know it's why. It's so unnatural. That's exactly yeah. it. It's so unnatural. Because even though JJ wasn't her biological son, and the reason I say that is because for people who are biological moms, it's you are literally an extension of my body. Right. You were inside my body and then I put you on this earth through canals in my body. Mm. And it's wild. Unnatural is a perfect word. But Ty Lee was her natural. Yeah, I was just saying the example of, of yeah. the biological child. No. And Ty Lee was extremely protective of JJ. Hearing those stories, mm-hmm. she was his protector. Mm. And she was always including him and standing up up for him and they called her his autism whisperer or something whenever oh. he was having a, a emotional regulation issues she was the one that could calm him down and sent i mean it's it was beautiful yeah. it was and beautiful even those final pictures pictures of her with him she's like holding him right mm-hmm. she's like hugging him they That's have their right. arms around each other but don't yeah. you think Lori manipulated ty lee because didn't i don't know whether anybody knows what exactly happened in that house when charles was killed He goes back to pick up JJ, right? He goes to the house in the morning to pick up JJ, supposedly has a bat and is threatening Alex, and then Alex shoots him, and then everybody's on the same page about what happened. Now, that was, it wasn't Ty Lee's 
dad, but they had been married how many years? That was a father figure to Ty Lee. Charles legally adopted her because she lost her dad. Her dad, Joseph, died. So then they're all like, yeah, they're all just standing there like, yeah, and he was just murdered. And they're like, yeah, "Yeah, what she said. I mean, they're all saying the same story. No, that's a great point because if it all was an insurance policy thing, Ty Lee and JJ were there. That's right. So what if they wanted to get rid of them to get rid of the witnesses? So everybody who was a part of it, Alex... Ty Lee, mm. JJ, Lori, and Chad. There's only two people left in that in all of the people right. that were there and present. And it's Lori and Chad. Everyone else is gone. Yeah. You know, Chad might have been, been the next to go if Lori had give, been given some more time. You know? Oh, yeah. no, complete. There would have been another man. She would have realized he's not that handsome. I'm not into him. Mm. I'm going to find somebody else. Yeah. I told and She's always the one that seems like she's there. Chad wasn't there with Charles, that whole thing. That was, yeah. he wasn't there. But that- He wasn't there physically, but they were already in a relationship. Yeah, and right, I think yeah. Alex, yeah. It's also on the money topic. Chad increased Tammy, his wife who died asleep in bed. I'm putting that in bunny quotes. He increased Tammy's life insurance benefits to the maximum allowed under the policy weeks before she died. And he did receive that payout. He received a payout of $430,000. They're just collecting checks. I mean, how did that not raise a single red flag? She died yeah. in her, quote, sleep. Yeah. It seems like what the hell is going on in Idaho? Does everyone get to be a police officer? <laughs> poppies. Poppies everywhere. <laughs> They're all out of it. Everybody is not there. like um, Tammy's sister. She sort of has tried to come in and, and say her two cents too. But everybody's like got these meek voices and meek manners. And it's sort of like, have you all been asleep? It's interesting. I mean, like what we're, what we're talking, it's like basically two murderous people just found each other. Like, you know, yeah, two murderous lovebirds. So then combustible. With all of these people being around, is anyone else culpable? Is anyone else culpable to these actions? Alex is gone. We know Tammy wasn't involved, but she's gone. So did anybody else like Melanie Bordeaux or Brandon were people, there were people allowing this to happen. I mean, even Melanie Gibb, who didn't even stand up for herself and say, please don't say your missing children are with me when we both know they're not with me. So who else can we point a finger at? I don't know how you can have two kids missing for that long and people aren't on it. Like, you're not searching from day one. Like, I don't get it. Unless they were all, that's why it feels like everybody was sleepwalking. She she withdrew, we know she withdrew JJ. I don't know what Tylee's situation was, whether she was, she was 16 at the time she was murdered, whether she was in school or out of school. But, you know, if... If the if the fan if, if if they don't see family on the regular, it is not that hard to make like kids disappear. Once you withdraw them from school, who's doing? Nobody's doing regular. Ch- There's no social workers that are assigned to go check on homeschooled kids. That's not a thing, mm-hmm. right? Somebody has to raise that red flag, and that that flag might not. And we don't live. I'm sorry, but we don't live in communities where we even know each other anymore. <laughs> Nobody knows who's like next door. I don't even like. Yeah. Even, and I've tried. I've tried to meet the neighbors. They do not want to yeah. hang out. What if someone was just posting pictures of their kids on social media that were like stored up in their phone sure. and making it appear that everything was fine and good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there is nobody checking. Or on not. I mean, if somebody doesn't post pictures of their kids, no. 
nobody's like, how come you're not posting pictures? Because a lot of people right, don't, right? Right, like, right. There, I have dear friends who I don't see for months and months. And I am assuming their kids are fine. But you know what? They're like, we go to Europe over the summer. I don't know where their kids are, right? Like, it's like, it's not that hard to make to disappear. kids disappear. I mean, yeah. Casey Anthony, it's the same thing. It's like, right. nobody knew where Kaylee was for months. You expect the parent, that guardian, to be the one who's taking care of. The reason I don't find couple buildings because I just can't imagine. Everybody said she was a great mom. That anybody could expect something like this to happen. And, and you know, I also thought it was interesting that, you know, Tylee, she's 16, almost 17. It's not like they would have had to, she would have prevented them from being married or being together because she would have been like, you know what I mean, emancipated in a couple of years anyways and gone on. And even JJ, if she didn't want to raise JJ anymore, there was other family who maybe presumably could, like, like the grandparent could have taken JJ. Yes. That's why I kind of think like she really did believe these kids were like, that she loved them so much that she thought she was saving them by killing them. Okay, but look at all the people that were dark. They were convenience, conveniently oh, in true. the way. In the way of her and Chad. You know, like, what about other people? Look at the people they chose that turned into yeah. zombies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're out of it. Both of them. She deserves the five life sentences she's gotten is where I land on and that. And he's horrible. Yeah, his trial won't be. I can't believe we have to wait, like, six more months for his trial. Do you guys ever think about, like, what life in prison is like for somebody like that like you know we know that Chris Watts is in solitary he can't be in gen pop Connie I know you don't know a lot about prison culture gen pop is general population <laughs> thank you thank how you. would she know thank you for that thank you Ellen yes what is she doing what is she doing and what are she's definitely not having fun like you all did on Orange is the New Black Orange is the New Black made prison look really fun no she is not having fun like that is anyone talking to her I bet you anything mm. she is manipulating guards I don't trust her. She doesn't look as good as she used to. And I don't no, know what- the filler has worn off. Yeah. She's starting. She's looking drawn. She's looking tired. She's looking like she's gone dark, quite honestly. I think she's oh, a zombie. Yeah. I think she's turned into... Anyway, I don't know what she's doing, but I would not befriend her. I don't trust her. She is so manipulative. Oh! She just seems like she really believes in what she did. She has no regrets. That's clear. And I don't think in prison she's going to have any regrets. I mean, like, people who believe in, like, doomsday cults, they actually think all this stuff is, like, this is kind of how it's supposed to happen. I'm being persecuted because I'm a god and prophet. This is all how the world is supposed to end. Like, they think all of this is mm -hmm. kind of, like, part of the apocalypse, right? Like, they think it's all... Now, if she has difficult physical circumstances, maybe she's going to be uncomfortable. I don't think she's ever going to be, like, what have I done? Oh, my God. I am so miserable because of what I've done. I think she's just going to get crazier. That monologue crazier. proved it. That yeah. monologue had not an ounce of remorse or sorrow. Yeah. I can't even talk about these stories without getting a frog in my throat. I want to know how what her family, who knew her for all these years, all those friends who said she was a lovely mother. How, I want to know when they heard her, when they heard that monologue, were they like, who the fuck are you? Or were they, I mean, they had to have been shocked because this is not the woman that they seem to have known all these years. Oh, it better not be the woman that they've known all these years. Connie, do you think... Yoga Jones would be nice to Lori in prison because Yoga Jones was such a ethereal spirit. Mm. No, I do not, Ellen. I do not believe that. I can't imagine any of these women being her friends. No, I can imagine a guard being charmed by her. No, but then again, we're talking about her friends. I'm going to take a pie and squish it in Melanie's face. I just really, I, th that niceness that I don't know whether women are charmed by her also. 
then maybe they are. All of these women were raised in the LDS church. And I think it's important to note that the LDS, the LDS church has very publicly been being like, we don't know who that bitch is. She's not part of us. <laughs> I don't know that crazy bitch. New phone this. <laughs> That's how they all started. <laughs> no, no, it's that's true. Right. Yeah. Because that we we talked about this with Jan Broberg, because Jan Broberg was raised in the Mormon church. And that idea of making yourself very soft and very understanding and taking seconds and being second and walking behind. And that's all innate. That's all in somebody's bones. And that's what Melanie was doing. She wasn't standing up for anything. No. You know, if what is that saying? If you if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Yeah, that's great. That's right. That's right. I'm just looking forward from 10 years from now when Dateline will bring her in and we'll see we'll see where she is. You think Dateline's going to get that interview? I do. Somebody's going to get an interview with her in 10 years. And maybe you're right. I mean, maybe there will be absolutely no change. I don't know how you could live with yourself. I'll bet one thing, though, Connie. I'll bet one thing. Because there's nobody who doesn't in these kinds of notorious cases. I bet you should still get in fan mail. There are still, still some crazy people out there who are writing to her. Yeah, proposals, wedding pro. She's still married to chad wedding proposals of course she's getting all of that stuff oh yeah wow okay ladies (laughs) so as we wrap up the main thing that i think there's so many parts of this case that are so curious and confusing and confounding and we'll never know until she gives that dateline exclusive but i guess i want to know do you think the zombies the cult the doomsday was all a ruse to get money and live her life or do you think she actually believes that she saved her children well i would say i think she has to believe that to in order to still live her life and not implode so i think she has to believe that she believes that and i think it was probably a marriage of the two things i think she found an opportunity maybe not even knowing you know did she go out and wake up up, say, here's a plan. I'm going to follow Chad, marry him and kill people that I love. But I think you have to look at her. I'd love to speak to all the ex-husbands. Money was involved and power was involved and religion was involved and love and lust and who's in the way. So whoever's in the way has gone dark and has to go. What do you think, Rabia? Yeah, I think, I mean, like even if you, you know, there's, there's messages between her and Chad, Lori and Chad, right? Talking about the kids before they were killed. And they're they're talking about them as zombies. They're like, you know, they're calling them by this number, which is that number that denotes how light or dark they are, whatever, spiritually. Chad says that he's going to put a spiritual virus in Ty Lee and keep her in line or some crap. I mean, these guys, these nut jobs believe this shit. I think for them, it was kind of a twofer. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we're going to get rid of the demons. Uh, we're going to send our kids to heaven and we're going to get this money and live happily ever after. Or maybe save people with it. I don't know what they're going to do with the money, but they wanted the money for sure. Because I don't know. Did she work? Did she do anything? Was she? Did she have a professional background? No, no, I have they no idea. They bought those rings, their wedding rings, on Amazon for like thirty nine ninety nine. I mean, you know, love doesn't have a price, but yeah, she wasn't working. She wasn't. She wasn't working. working. She was a yeah. beauty pageant tested. She was not working. Yeah. Listen, she she had she had the cognition to transfer that thirty five thousand dollars out of her <laughs> Charles you know business account to their joint account, like to to move it a few times so he couldn't get to it before she even got rid of them. So I think she's a little bit evil, but a lot crazy. I agree with that. Yeah, or maybe a lot evil and a lot crazy. The, maybe. I don't the know. mixture of the two. 
I think I do believe you. I, I mean, I think I do agree with you, but I also think there is possibly a part of our brains that feel safer saying that because thinking that someone's crazy is better than thinking that somebody is innately evil. It's not that I don't disagree with you, but I do think our brains tend to go to something how people don't like knowing that freak accidents happen. No, no, something weird happened. There's a part of our brain that would like to think that somebody snapped and did something crazy rather than a woman brutally murdered her kids. I'm going back to the unnatural. It doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like something that our brains can absorb and process properly. I'm truly curious if the police are going to revisit Alex's death and be like, maybe there's a there there. Maybe we got to go back because I feel like, yeah. And although I mean, like if he got whacked, I'm not saying he didn't, you know, what goes around comes around. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was responsible for Tylee's death. It seems like. Although no, although no, didn't they find an axe in Chad's property that had Tylee's DNA on it? So who knows? I mean, yeah, he could have put it there though. She was, she was with her But Alex's phone did ping there that day. So could have brought the axe This is a freaking mess. Honestly, if you are listening to this, please draw us a pie chart, a graph. We need visual aids. It is so confusing. Connie, thank you for taking time out of your living legend day. (laughs) I feel like a new legend now. I really do. (laughs) I love you both. Ellen, yes, it's true. I do love you. Rabia, huge, like, you both are are like, uh, I, you know, 10 beats ahead. I just, um, thank you so much for having me on here. It was Really, Thank you really so much, fun. Connie. It was like such an honor and I'm still a little bit starstruck, I'll be honest. <laughs> On our Patreon episode, a couple more things. I'm definitely going to read through me and Connie's text exchanges over the year, but I will like to tell you um, this e- <laughs> this text. Ellen, in regards to your last post, please have some self-respect and restraint. It's <laughs> Connie, to which I said, which post, Constance? And she said, all of your posts, but also <laughs> Nick and Vanessa need to go, Ellen. We would do such a better job. <laughs> oh my gosh. Love is blind. Get out of the way. We're coming in. Oh my gosh. So funny. That's our, that's our next thing. Connie, are you doing okay. anything fun? Are you doing any plays or anything or TV shows that people need to tune in? Tell us everything. Well, um, what I will tell you is I did shoot something like almost a year ago called The Curse, but, um, you know, who knows? I mean, there is a major strike going on. Who knows whether anything we ever did will air or that will, but, you know, I'm going to enjoy my summer and hope for the best. Where can folks find you, though, online? How can people people find you online? They're not going to (laughs) find you. Only on Ellen's Instagram. Connie, tell them, do you still have your guest dolls? Oh, my gosh, I Yes, Tell here's them one about right the here. Dolls. What the heck is that? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, that's very sweet. I, you can't really see the the face is faded. I think here it is. Okay. So anyway, these are little support dolls that I started a business several years ago, and you know because everybody's walking around with panic and anxiety all the time. <laughs> So I thought, okay, these are small enough that you can put in a little pocket, you know, your backpack. And um, they're named after my daughter who has her share of anxiety. Anyway, that's what so they're called, cute. little dolls. It's all charity. Yeah. Thank so you. how Thank can you. they how can they get a gust doll? Okay, you get a Okay, <laughs> she's on Instagram. You can find her. Okay, all right. Okay, right. Ellen I made did. me get on I Instagram. love you, Constance okay. Shulman. Okay. Thank you Thank so you much, so Connie. much. We'll okay. see you soon. Bye. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>